Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Ten years after a financial crisis rocked the nation's economy, Congress is poised to pass legislation that would roll back some of the safeguards Congress put in place to prevent a relapse. Joining me now to discuss the banking industry is Frank Sorrentino. He is chairman and CEO of Connect One Bank, which is headquartered in New Jersey. Frank, thanks so much for being here on the podcast. Great to be here, Alexis. So the Fed is proposing cutting back on some stress test rules. This will most likely affect the larger banks. How would it, if at all, impact your bank? Well, Alexis says a bank gets closer to $10 billion today under the current uh, rendition of the Dodd-Frank rules. Uh, the regulators would, would expect the bank to begin uh, a process uh, around stress testing. Now, there are two parts to that. One is the regulatorily imposed uh, stress test, and then stress tests that I think banks should be doing just as a good business practice and risk mitigation practice. Um, but there's a lot of cost involved in that. And so as banks that are in the 5 to $10 billion range approach that $10 billion mark, uh, the cost of running that bank continues to increase. Under the new uh, rollback of part of the regulation, that $10 billion mark would go away. And because your bank has how many how many in assets? About we are today five point one billion dollars in assets. Okay, um, what's your take on the Dodd Frank rollback overall? I mean, if if the lawmakers were listening to this right now, um, what would your wish list be? Well, I think first they would not want it to be labeled as the Dodd Frank rollback. Uh, it, it does nothing of the sort. It really writes some of the wrongs that were rushed through the bill when it was originally passed back in. Uh, what were some of those wrongs in your mind? Well, just the the treatment of all banks, for the most part, as one industry, notwithstanding you know very small rural institutions in the country, and you know as you know the United States has a very very. Uh, diverse banking system, which I believe is one of the reasons the economy is so robust in the United States relative to the rest of the globe. Most places around the globe only have a few banks in the country. Canada has four or five. Places like England, France, and other places have very small amounts of banks. And here in the United States, we have 5,700 banks of all different sizes and flavors. And, and so, we've seen our fair share of, of consolidation in the industry, and still we have that many banks. So 20 years ago, there were 16,000 banks. Mm-hmm. And yes, so there's been a lot of consolidation. And a lot of the consolidation is probably related to rising regulation that increases the cost of running those institutions. Mm-hmm. So again, let's get back to that wish list. What would you like to see happen with these rules and regulations? Well, I think what we're looking for, I think with bankers in general, and certainly at Connect One, we're just looking for regulation that makes sense relative to the type of lending that we're doing and not regulation that's just built for the purpose of some political end. And I think when you look at what this particular bill, the Crapo bill, is addressing, it is targeting very specific things at the $50 billion range, which to me is a very orbit. A $50 billion bank in 2008 is very different than a $50 billion bank today relative to size. Um, and what they can do and what reg- regulations that apply to them as far as any type of, of, of M&A activity and capital standards. And then when we look at the $10 billion mark and banks today, their $10 billion are not that big. So I would even say, you know, Connect One at $5.1 billion uh, asset size is a very small bank in our country today. Um, and so having common sense regulation, I think, is, is much more important. Common sense capital standards, common sense 
um, stress testing requirements, things that you would expect a bank of our size to be able to accomplish without harming our ability to lend to our consumer and our clients. Is most of your business in the consumer lending area? So Connect One Bank is mostly a commercial bank, but we do provide residential mortgages, auto loans, and the things that you would consider to be consumer lending. And we've actually shied away from some of those areas because the regulatory requirements there are so onerous that it just makes no sense to, to do those types of loans. And we've seen banks move away from certain segments of the marketplace because it just costs too much to provide those types of loans. One of the things that lawmakers are looking at rejiggering is rules that would make it easier for banks to lend to consumers. Um, what kind of rules do, do, does your bank currently need to adhere to? Can you make a loan to someone who does not meet federal criteria standards? So one of the one of the biggest changes in this uh, uh, Crapo bill is the ability for a bank like Connect One Bank to be able to make residential mortgages and provided that we're keeping them on our balance sheet to pretty much use any common sense standards that we'd want to use in order to make that loan and not have to be guided by some federal standard which may not apply to our local marketplace. Does that make sense though given what we went through with the mortgage meltdown in 2008? Well Alexis if if you recall, in 2008, it was not the small community bank making a loan to the residential borrower in that community where, where that borrower was known that, that uh, crashed the financial system. It was the securitization of loan products, and it was actually some of the GSEs that allowed for this aggregation of subprime lending to all show up on the Fed's balance sheet. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do not believe that in any way, shape, or form that the smallest of community banks making residential loans to borrowers they know poses any systemic threat at all to the economy. I know that there, are, the idea of rolling back some of these rules does have support from both sides of the aisle in the Senate, but when it gets to the House, there are going to be some roadblocks. What do you see as the biggest roadblocks there? So I don't know if it's a roadblock or, or how it's uh, perceived, but the Senate has put forth a bill that they know that they can get support, mm -hmm. uh, bipartisan support for, and, and I applaud them for that. In the House, there appears to be a more aggressive stance about things that they would like to see changed. Uh, and there's less of a focus on what can we actually get done as opposed to what they think is right. And so I applaud that. But at the same time, this is how our system of government works. And we need to have consensus. And we need it from both sides. And I think one of the great things about the Crapo bill is that it actually has bipartisan support. It's actually the first time since this administration's mm -hmm. come to office that we actually have a really well-crafted bipartisan uh, bill and I think we should not let the you know, perfect be the enemy of the good. You know, some of your colleagues in the banking world might say that this really won't help, that, it's, that these changes that they're considering in Congress are really meant to help the larger banks, the regional banks. Would you agree with that? I, I wouldn't agree with that. I, I would say there's very little in this uh, bill that actually helps the largest banks. There's almost nothing in there for the SIFI institutions, the systemically important financial institutions. The too big to fail institutions, right? Uh, yeah, I, I would say there's really nothing in there. There, there is some relief for you know the the regional players, and and I think it's it, it it's reasonable to have relief there. I think some of the arbitrary nature of the rules that were dictated in 2010 uh, should change and will change under this bill. 
But I think the vast majority of, of what uh, this bill represents is really geared and aimed at the sub $10 billion bank, which in no way, shape, or form are the largest institutions in this country. And which affects you. They're, they're your local community banks. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I want to talk about the Federal Reserve. They're signaling at least three more rate hikes this year as we see inflation start to creep up. Um, where do you see things going? So the economy is very strong. Uh, you know, here locally, Connect One Bank uh, is is situated in the New York, New Jersey metro market, and our economy here has been doing quite well for a while. The, the unemployment rate is low. People are feeling good. There's probably more jobs uh, around than there are bodies to fill them. Uh, I think that um, the Fed is right in reducing some of the support that it has provided to the economy. I know people are getting really excited about the fact that rates are going up and, you know, this could really uh, be a problem for business going forward. But I don't know. When I got, you know, when I bought my first house in 2004, you know, my mortgage was 13 and three quarters percent and somehow <laughs> I survived. And so thinking about a four and a half or five percent mortgage today is not something to get overly excited about. I believe that even with the, the, the rise in rates over the next year or so, uh, that the economy will still continue to be strong, that they, the Fed will not dampen the ability of the economy to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will, all they're doing is basically taking the training wheels off uh, to allow us allow the economy to get to a more normal place, a more neutral place. Right now, there's a lot of accommodation going on in the economy. And that, as we all know, that can't mm-hmm. go on forever. I want to talk about technology and, um, and its place uh, – in the banking industry, but also for banks of your size, how are you implementing technology? What is, what's the short-term outlook for tech and banking? So technology has always been an exciting part of our story. I always felt that technology allowed a bank like Connect One to be able to compete with the largest institutions on a more level playing field. Uh, technology is something that we can adopt that allow us to have the exact same services and capabilities as some of our larger brethren. So. Uh, I've always been very excited about technology, and technology has changed the industry dramatically over the last uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, But I think the pace of that change is now beginning to increase as well. And we are seeing advances in technology that are allowing us to connect to our clients in in new ways. Uh, We're partnering with a number of institutions and across the banking industry with products like Zelle and products like Encino to help us to have a better connection you know, with our client and to really reduce the friction in the entire banking relationship. And as Connect One continues to grow, these types of products and partnerships, I believe, are going to be critical for us to be able to, uh, to, to, to satisfy what our clients are demanding and sometimes before they know that they want it. Um, Apple's good at that, telling us what we want, right? We, we never knew we needed these iPhones, but... I guess we do. Um, Talk to me about, because with technology comes a whole host of possible issues, including security. Mm -hmm. And security, putting your banking information online, um, taking care of really sensitive matters, your money, um, over the Internet, still has some people fearful. What is your bank doing to keep this information safe and secure? So, you know, Alexis, I'm always amazed that in this day and age, um, the younger generation today places enormous trust in non-financial institutions and is willing to part with their uh, passwords and user codes and never think twice about 
trusting an organization that is not a financial institution and doesn't have the protection of the FDIC and isn't regulated. And in the news today, we're seeing lots of examples of where that's going wrong. Um, I still believe that the financial institution of yesterday is the safest place to manage your money, keep your money, and deal with the financial aspect of your life, and that people should not be so quick to give that functionality away to some other to some other company and products today like Zelle are an answer to that where the banking industry is getting together to provide a P2P uh, payments program and it's based on financial institutions keeping their security their level of uh, safety and security relative to their client as opposed to some other company who we really don't know what their policies and practices are and aren't really regulated as the way that a financial institution is and you know via something like Venmo or PayPal mm-hmm. these are not finan- these are not banking institutions and there is a lot of security at banks it's required it's regulated it's monitored it's watched and so i think it's critically important for people to make that distinction uh, when they're choosing where they're going to put their money what does uh, the implementation of more technology, AI, mean for Connect One in particular in terms of uh, human labor? Will this be reducing the number of people? I mean, I know my experience going into a bank when I rarely do go into a bank to see a teller is one in which there are maybe two tellers at windows where there are maybe 12 or 15 windows. So certainly the business of banking is changing over time. And yes, people don't come into the bank any, as, as often to do their transactions. And what we would like to have at Connect One is a more hybrid banking model where we'll serve you where you want to be served. If you want to come into one of our offices, which probably doesn't resemble what a branch used to look like today, you can do that and we'll take care of all your transactions there. Uh, But we'll also use that as an office to meet with new clients, to discuss products, to discuss their financial future, to discuss what direction they may go, to discuss business interests, uh, to hook you up with bankers in our company that will be able to give you advice. And then we're going to provide you with the latest technology that's available today so that you can do all your banking how you want, when you want, and where you want. And I think the availability of products like Encino and AI and machine learning is allowing us to predict what types of products and services you'll need as you go through the different stages of your life and be able to have those products ready for you when you want them. We touched uh, lightly on merger activity in the banking industry, and we're seeing more and more of it. Do you expect that to continue to be the trend? And also, would Connect One be interested in connecting with another bank in that way? Well, as you know, uh, Connect One started out as a de novo uh, bank back in 2005, and in 2013, Uh, I'm sorry, in 2014, we did merge with another institution in New Jersey. And one of the reasons for that merger was this concept of efficiency and becoming more efficient uh, and having less people to do the same amount of work that you need to do, Uh, the the embracing technology to be able to serve a larger client base. And I think that's a trend that we will see across the country, have seen and will continue to see. Um, going from the 5,006 or 700 banks that we have today to some smaller number in the future. Really, less than 5,000 banks for a country our size. Yes. Um, you have a very interesting backstory. You didn't come from finance. You were a builder at heart. You're a builder. Tell us about it. There are some in my bank that still say I'm building something. <laughs> I'm just building a bank. Absolutely. Um, Not with brick and mortar, right? But um, So, yes, I was in the building and development business, and I was the client for banks at the time and got to a 
point in my life where I didn't feel I was being provided the right level of client service. And my answer at the time was not to switch banks, but to build one. And so we started what was at the time a very, it uh, was a de novo institution uh, in 2005, started life as North Jersey Community Bank. We raised $12, billion, $12 million in capital mm -hmm. and one branch in Anglo Cliffs, New Jersey. And today we had our, uh, actually today we're celebrating a five-year anniversary of our IPO. Uh, that happened in 2013, where we raised $50 million and became a public company. And then, as I said before, we merged in 2014 with Center Bank Corp. And sitting here today, we're a $5 billion institution in two states um, and almost a billion-dollar market cap. That's tremendous growth in a short amount of time. Did you ever think when you came into this industry that this is where you would be? Because sometimes entrepreneurs say, yeah, I, I did think that that was possible, and here we are today. Uh, I, I could freely admit I never <laughs> thought I'd be sitting where I'm sitting today. And uh, it's been a tremendous ride. Uh, certainly have to thank everyone that's on our uh, management team, our board, and, and but really the clients that have really flocked to this concept of a better client-first uh, business that really acts with a sense of urgency. And all the things we just talked about, whether it be the technology or you know where we are in the environment and how we've navigated the regulatory change has gotten us to where we are today. And lastly, you know, a lot of people think banking, and I'm sorry, Frank, but they think boring. Uh, tell me, what, what is the most fun thing about your job? Oh, it's the people. Uh, <laughs> we are a people-first organization. I love watching uh, people who come into our organization and are given a clear path to really expand who they are, what they are, and we give everyone all the tools that they could use. Think about any other industry where technology is playing such a front and center role, where the client is playing such a front and center role. Uh, I'm excited every day for all the people we deal with. And, you know, as, as now being in the banking industry, we get vision and view into all parts of the economy. We get to see what's going on with all of our clients. And, you know, we're there to solve issues and challenges and help them to get ahead. And it's just an incredibly exciting place to be. All right. You heard it here first. Banking can be very exciting. Frank Sorrentino, Chairman and CEO of Connect One Bank, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Alexis. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.